0: Turn it up loud, and we're going to have some fun. Go ahead and hit the click, Ron. Let's all put our hands together. All right, here we go. statement Cameron made. Let's say thanks to this band, this team, they just awesome job. It is so fun. It's I just so look forward to Biker Sunday every year and I thank you so much for being here and having some fun. Let us change things up a little bit and just enjoying worshiping our wonderful God. You know it's a, it's a powerful thing when people come together and work together to worship God regardless of what genre or style. There are people all around the world who might worship with an organ, who might worship with a piano, who might worship with a guitar, but I sort of like the full band version. How about you guys? I I sort of like it. (laughs) I really do. It's really a lot of fun. Well, we welcome you to Timberline. If it's your first time Um, This is a a special event. Someone maybe invited you because it is Biker Sunday, but we still just want to say a welcome And if you want to know more about Timberline Church, just uh, in the chair back in front of you You'll find a little card that says connection card and we would love to have you fill that out if you want to And uh, give us a record of you being here And if you have any questions, you can check the boxes on the back and we'll email you some information But we are delighted, so delighted that you are here How many of you, this is your first time in here? Just wave your hand at me Oh, great. Let's welcome our guests. Let's welcome our guests. I, uh, I want to I just take a few moments. You know, one of the things that makes a biker service successful is if the guy talking doesn't talk too long. And so I, I know that already, all right? I've always told pastors, if, if you want to be asked back to speak somewhere, just keep it short and simple. People like that. But I, I've been thinking a lot about what it, this word restoration because it's a, an interesting word, restoration. And in, in biker world, restoration is a big, big word. There are so many shows on TV right now about, re, about restoring a motorcycle, restoring a car, restoring a house, a property. It's just on and on and on. And I, th- I think about that and I think, what is it like for God to look at us and say, I see hope in that person. I have hope when I see that person. I believe that I could restore them if they would simply let me. Because I don't know about you, but all of us come with bumps and bruises, rust, nails. We're all screwed up in some way. Would you agree? Just turn to your neighbor and say, you're screwed up. I know it. <laughs> right? You are. Everybody is. Everybody is. I, I mean, I think that's, that's the beauty of the word restoration. Listen to what, okay, don't keep telling them. You can stop now. Some of you are like. Listen to what the dictionary says about restoration. The action of returning something to a former owner, place, or condition. When I think of God restoring or redeeming, it, retur- it it helps my heart to return back to that ownership, that place, that condition that God wants my heart to be in. How many of you have ever restored a motorcycle? Just, just wave at me. Quite a few of you. I would expect that on Biker Sunday. How many of you, it's not a motorcycle, but you've restored something else, a piece of wood, a furniture, whatever? Okay. What what was it like for you when you were done? Were you proud of it? Um, I've restored a couple things that I had to restore again when I was done, right? (laughs) So that's always a challenge. But I love that moment when you feel like you're really done. And you look at it, and you have some before and after pictures, and you think, that is amazing. This thing really has some new life in it. That's what happens when we are restored. There's a man in in the Bible by the name of Saul in the New Testament in Acts chapter 9, if you're interested in reading his story. This guy was absolutely mean toward people who followed Jesus. As a matter of fact, he worked for the government in arresting Christians and taking them off to jail. That was his job, and he did it with passion. He couldn't stand believers until one day he's on this road and God knocks him down, this light from heaven, and this voice from heaven says, why are you persecuting these people and me? And he's like, who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus. I'm the one that you're you're harassing, in a sense, through my people. And Saul was so awakened spiritually that there was a restoration that happened in his life that was huge. His whole name changed to Paul. And Paul became a missionary evangelist. He planted churches. He wrote almost half of the New Testament, and we get so many great encouragements from what he wrote all those years ago. Why? Because he simply had a touch from God in his life. So, so I want to just talk about kind of five quick things that, that happen in a restoration process. Number one is this, you've got to recognize the need. Like when you had something in mind for that item you restored, you knew it needed it, right? I, uh, I remember really surprising my wife one day because I brought a motorcycle home in the back of my truck in a box. And it had the tires all separated and boxes of parts and cables everywhere. And, and I'm not a mechanic. This was like a, an effort I was going to make, OK? And so I, she walked out. She said, what is that? I had it all across the garage. And she, I said, that's a Mako 501. How many of you know what that is? A few of you dirt bikers in here. A Mako 501, it was yellow, it was a classic Roger DeCoster, big dirt bike motocross fan. Uh, I was in those days, I was pretty young then, and I, I, I found this Mako 501, and I said, I'm going to rebuild this bike, because I always had a fantasy about having a Mako 501. They're powerful, they vibrate your hands off within five minutes, but they'll go anywhere you point them, right? And so, I just started in, and I bought a manual, and I just started, Bonnie's like, Okay, whatever. But here's the, here's why Bonnie didn't mind too much. The whole deal was 25 bucks, <laughs> and mostly it was uh, sweat, blood, and tears. Right? So I started putting these pieces together. Had to replace the piston. Had to, re- you know, all this stuff. And I'll never forget the day when I poured fuel and oil in that motorcycle, and I kicked that thing. I don't mean like kick that thing. How many of you know? How did, How many of you know? Some of you are here. You're not bikers, and you're like, why would you kick it? It's a kickstarter, so you, you, I, I, I kicked it, and, and when it started, and it was so loud, and my neighborhood hated me. But I was really, really happy because it worked. It was restored. And when I sold it and got a good price, my wife loved me again. No, she, <laughs> but you have to recognize there's a need in your life. Some people have a disaster or a crisis before they are ready to let God's hands touch them. And clean up their heart and their life and their mind. Sometimes it takes something really awful happening in somebody's life. The second thing is, you've got to be willing to get help. You know, if you watch these TV shows, they take these items to an expert. And it goes into the hands of somebody that knows what they're doing. I can just tell you with authority today, from God's Word, God is the authority on your life. He can restore you. You say, well, you don't know what I've done. I don't need to know. I just know that He can. There's hope in that. when you put yourself in his hands everything can happen. Have you ever watched the extreme makeover where they do the houses move that bus deal? you know it's amazing to me what happens because these people come in there and in a week or so they just they just level it or they start over and these people know what they're doing and they get it done fast. We need to be restored by a God who we can trust. The third thing is hard work. It's never easy to restore any anybody or anything. And when you tear it down, you have to start with the beginning, and you have to usually take it down to nothing, break it all apart and put every piece out on a table so you know what to fix and where it goes and how to repair it and how to restore it. That's a, That's a great picture of our lives sometimes when we have to somehow offer to God everything that we are. There's a young lady in the room today who I just really enjoy talking to. She's a real sweetie. And she let me take a picture of her shirt that she was wearing today. And I don't have it on the screen for you, but it says, Piercing saved my life. And when I first saw that, I thought, What, what, is, what does that mean? Maybe I should get a piercing somewhere. <laughs> and then on the back, it shows the hands of Jesus pierced. And I, I thought about that, and I thought, That's why he can restore us, is because we are pierced, we are broken. We need restoration, and we have a God who put skin on, and He came from heaven, and He died on a cross for our sin. You see, that just sounds like a big story. You know, it's a, it's a fact, it's truth, and it takes faith to follow Christ. But when you place what needs to be restored into the hands of God, these are hands who can do it. They are capable hands, and He'll heal your heart and even your memories. The fourth thing is patience. How many of you know that about restoring something? It just takes patience. Sometimes when I'm working on a little project in the garage, I'll come in, I'll say to my wife, honey, I'll say, honey, it's never easy. It's just never easy. From one little washer in the back of the axle that's wrong, that sets the whole thing off, that you got in backwards, that's what I, that's the kind of dumb stuff I usually do. And it just won't go together unless it's right. And if, and if you force it, which I try to do that too, right, the the old rule, if it doesn't fit, get a, get a bigger hammer. (laughs) That's right, I've lived by that rule a few times, and then it becomes dangerous, so that's not fun. But it's really, it takes a lot of patience. I just want to say to someone who's listening right now that shortcuts can absolutely destroy a perfectly good rebuild. If you want to come to faith, if you want to walk with God, if your life is a mess, there are no shortcuts. There's nothing you can do. It's about just saying, God, I give you my life. I surrender myself to you. The fifth thing is celebration. When it's all done, and it's over, and you look at it and go, that's what it used to be. Now this is what it is. There's a lot of power in that. A lot of power in that. I I want you to meet a friend of mine. He's a wonderful guy. He's got a great big heart. He's very loving. And uh, his name is Joe. Welcome, Joe. Good job. While Joe, while Joe makes his way up here, this is his beautiful daughter riding in with him today, and that's a miracle. Good job, Jordan. Joe, come on up. Joe's had a pretty interesting life. His wife and his son are here. As a matter of fact, while he's coming up with the Ybarra family stand, because we love you guys. This is a story. And ladies, you can really learn from this. His wife actually bought him the street glide. <laughs> you know, I, uh, Joe, just, we're going to take a few minutes here. And I just want to kind of have you tell a part of your story. I know it's a lot more detailed than what five minutes can do, right? But tell us a little bit about where you were before you came to faith and, and your life was in a mess and God has restored you. But let's talk about that messy part. What happened?
1: Well, I first started uh, selling drugs couple years later I started doing the drugs and uh, it landed me in the detention center here in Fort Collins. So you ended up going in there for a while and uh, what,
0: what kind of lessons do you feel like you learned while you were inside there?
1: Well I learned that I lost my family for sure. Um, I, I lied to my wife for many years and uh, the day I ended up in there I told her the truth about everything and uh, That was heartbreaking. This this is a great example of someone
0: who kind of has to just hit the bottom in order to wake up and recognize the restoration needs to happen in his life. And I don't blame your wife for saying no more, it's over. What kind of feelings did you have in those days when you thought it was
1: really over? Lost. Yeah. I mean, I can't really say much more. I mean, I was just, I felt like I was alone. Yeah. And I knew I really did did the worst thing ever. Well, you came to faith, you came to God. What opened your eyes to the truth about who God is? Well, I just, just losing everything that I had, you know, hitting rock bottom. That's when I finally decided I needed to uh, find God. And um, there was a guy in the, in the jail who was ministering to you, talking to you. There was a gentleman that was actually here. Out, he was outside, just a volunteer to go in there. And uh, he, you know, he just pretty much uh, helped me feel the word of God in my life. And, uh, just learn. So you started uh, kind of giving your
0: life to God and trusting him and kind of what happened with your family?
1: Oh, um, one of the things that he told me was not to stop writing my wife even if she wouldn't write me back. And um, so I didn't and uh, by, probably about a month or two after I was in there I got this letter saying not to worry. She sees the faith growth in me and uh, she would she would be there to wait. Wow. When When you stood before the judge and he told
0: you the news that you had served your time and he was gonna give you a bunch of service hours, was that yeah,
1: right? Yeah. Well, what did it feel like to know you were gonna be free and you were gonna start over with your family? I couldn't believe it, you know. My wife was there to support me through all my uh, court, court dates and that was one of the special ones. And uh, she was there and uh, one of the things that my lawyer told me when he, after I got released, he says your wife is gonna be out front waiting for you. Wow, that's that's big news. That's big news. Wow.
0: So uh, you uh, you ended up uh, getting a job. Like, where do you work now?
1: I work here at Timberline Church. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I just love it every time I see Joe around the facility and he's working and leading and and his heart and he's got such a tender heart and his beautiful family. I suddenly have this awareness of what restoration does in someone's life. Joe will always have some scars in his life and heart and his family will have some memories they wish they could wipe out but they have a new future and that's what restoration is and does. Matter of fact, um, just on a side note before we're done here, uh, Timberline started to mean a lot to you because of the people who loved you, believed in you and you did something kind of radical. Tell us a little bit about that journey.
1: Well, the truth is, is Derry twisted my arm to do this. <laughs> Where do you work again? <laughs> well, um, just because, you know, Tamerline made me feel really uh, uh, welcomed here, um, that was one of the most important things in my life was if I was going to find a church, I was going to go to a place that I was going to feel welcomed. And not only the minute I walked in the door, but every single day after that, You know, all the volunteers that um, work here welcomed me so much, got involved in Bible studies, you know, uh, young adults, the 97 or young adults group, and I just decided that I needed to um, mark my territory. (laughs) You might want to explain what that means. (laughs) Uh, Because
0: dogs and cats do that too. but, But,
1: so... I went out, and, uh, and I got Timberline logos on the backs of my calves. I got the cross on the left calf, and it says, uh, set free. And then on the right leg, it says, uh, Isaiah 40, and 10. We have a logo with a cross,
0: and then the peaks, the five peaks of Timberline. And he came up to me one day and said, it was something to the effect of, this place has impacted me so much, I needed it in my skin. And, and we have pictures of his calves. And... Uh, that's the Timberline Cross on the left, set free, and the five peaks, Isaiah forty-one, ten. Let's give it up for Joe Yabara and his beautiful family. Thanks, buddy. You know, I, I, I realize that not all stories end so beautiful. And in case you're in a story that hasn't ended so beautiful, I just want you to know the same God who restored the Ybarra family can restore you. And it's not about, just want to clarify one thing, it's not about Timberline, it's God who's restored them. It's just that God uses people in your life at different places for that to happen. And some of you have been used by God to help restore people. But today is all about trusting God to be a God of restoration and not being afraid, not being afraid to place your, if I can say, wreck. And I don't mean that as an insult because you're not really a wreck in God's eyes. But if you feel like that, if you feel like there's areas in your life, you just need to surrender and say, God, I am going to trust you with my future. The second half can be better than the first. I promise you. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for your love and your grace. And your mercy, really, it's, it's merciful what you do with us. It's merciful. And we are really, really grateful for your hand extended to us. We are so reminded when we see Joe right in today and his son, his daughter, his wife, that you had a really good road in mind for him, but he had to submit to you and say yes in order to find it. You moved on his wife's heart to offer that same mercy that you offer, that grace that only you can give. And I just ask you in this moment on Biker Sunday to touch way down to the core of somebody's life and heart that maybe they've messed up, maybe there are issues so much bigger than them, or maybe they're getting along just fine and they don't even know they need you. I just pray that you'll touch their heart today to know that you have a better plan than what they can make in their own. I trust you for that. You guys, with heads bowed, just for a moment, I just, I just want to say that I would love to pray with some of you who feel like you need to just have a start at letting God be a part of your restoration process. And it's pretty dark in here, and we we want it that way, so I can't even really see hands across this room. But it's really good to make a gesture toward God, a physical movement, even if it's just tapping your foot or something. It's a, it's an awakening in your physical body to say, I want this in my life. I'm going to trust God for some restoration. For some of you, you already love God, but things have happened in your your life that have gone wrong, and there's scars, and it's gotten kind of bloody, and it's a mess, and you need restoration in your emotions, in your mind, maybe even in your physical body, but you're going to trust God today to begin a work of healing, and and you're going to cross the line when lift a hand in a moment, and you're going to say, I am going to trust God for restoration in my life. And when you do that, you are putting your life in the in the most capable hands that there are. And that's the hands of God. If you would say, pray for me, I'm not going to embarrass you or ask you to come up here or anything, okay? I'm not into that. I just, I'm going to pray for you, and it's going to be the beginning. And we'll have some prayer people at the end. If you want to connect with them, you can. If you don't want to, that's fine too. But don't waste this moment. If you know God's touch tugging your heart and you need to say yes to Him just to say, I surrender. I need some restoration in areas of my life. Would you just slip your hand up right now, please? You you can put them right back down. God bless you so much. Church, help me just pray for these. We've all been in this place at different times in our lives and so it's easy to, to, to pray for them and to care for these. Lord, we thank you so much that we can come into a room and have great fun music and ride motorcycles and all the joy that brings our hearts. But most of all, we thank you that we can offer our lives that you can restore, that if we step into your hands, you can restore us in ways that we didn't even know would be possible. You're a God who restores, you're a God who makes new. And I just thank you today that you can take the old and you can break it all apart every piece. I pray for healing in people's minds and their emotional lives. The the rejection, the hurt, the heartache that people have gone through, the brokenness, the families, all the stuff that sometimes weighs on us and it creates hopelessness in us. God, today on Biker Sunday, let let us cross that line of faith to say, I'm going to trust you with my future and I put my life in your hands. Lord, thank you that you can do that and you do it well. We love you. We thank you for this great celebration. We need you more than ever wonderful name we ask these things amen if you did raise your hand and you want to talk to someone i'm going to ask our prayer team in a little while to just be available around the bikes up here and uh, if you want to just connect with someone for for any reason please let us have a moment if you want to just come to faith and make jesus a big part of your life let us have that prayer time with you today before you go out of here Um, I want our ushers to come. We always take an offering at the end of our time and our services on the weekend. But hear me carefully. If you're a guest with us today, you've come at the invitation of a friend or because it's Biker Sunday, we don't expect you to give in this offering because of the people sitting around you who have passion and vision for what Timberline's all about, and they give faithfully, and it allows us to do what we do. So drop your connection card in as it goes. While our ushers are getting ready, I just want to say we're going to turn it back up here in a minute and celebrate with some music that at the end um, we're gonna we have some burgers and dogs and food out there and uh, we just want to serve you if you rode a motorcycle here today or rode with someone we would like to provide lunch for you and so uh, hang around there's nothing formal that's gonna happen except just the blessings of the bike CMA is here to uh, to to come by and pray with you at your bike. And so all that's going to move outside and out in the parking lot and watch for those guys with the CMA badges. They'll join you at your bike and have a prayer with you. And and that's always a wonderful, special time. I also i am going to really embarrass a good friend of mine right now, but I I feel like I really need to thank him. Brian Harris, uh, for Collins Motorsports. He and Lisa have been friends for years, but he let me ride his chopper in here today. And uh, I really appreciate that. And he actually told me I could keep it all summer. Wow. That was very nice. Anyway, uh, ushers, go ahead and receive. Let's enjoy some good music. You make all work together for my- If you rode a motorcycle today, and uh, we're going to go on out there, CMA, Jeff Jensen, and all you guys, raise your hand if you're part of that CMA. You guys have really made this happen today. Thank you. Let's let's say thanks to CMA. They just do a great job. And go in the blessings of our God and live restored. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for coming to Timberline. See you next year or before.